Hi, everyone. I know recently we announced we were going to two episodes a week and then three episodes a week. But you know what? There are just too many episodes. So we are going to back to five episodes a week. Still a reduction from seven, but there were just too many interviews scheduled, and I didn't want to make all the authors wait for too long. So I hope you can keep up with me. Listen to one a week as you're on your way to work or on your way home or putting your kids to bed or whatever it is you're doing. Moms don't have time to read books now five times a week. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This 30-minute podcast features a new author interviewed by me every single day, 365 days a year for about 30 minutes. I am also the publisher for Zibby Books, which publishes 12 books a year in fiction and memoir. Our books are already out now. You can check it out on zibbybooks.com. And we have a magazine called Zibby Mag, where we have lots of wonderful essays and lifestyle features. That's at zibbymag.com. We have classes at zibbyclasses.com. And I recently opened a bookstore in LA called Zibby's Bookshop at 1113 Montana Avenue at 11th Street in Santa Monica. I hope that you are able to enjoy some of our other offerings. But this here podcast is the basis of all of it and started in 2018. And no matter what I do, this is basically my favorite thing. Enjoy. Maria Hummel is the author of five novels, including Still Lives, a Reese's book club pick, and now Golden Seal. Her poetry collection, House and Fire, won the APR Honickman Prize. She lives in Vermont. Welcome, Maria. Thank you so much for coming on Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books to discuss your latest novel, Golden Seal. Welcome. Thank you. I don't know if you can see my, can you see my background? I can see your background. So that is the Millennium Biltmore's Crystal Ballroom, which was in the scene and towards the end of the book where Lacey kind of spins alone under the chandeliers. And I found this is a 1951 photo, but it hasn't changed much, I don't think, over time in terms of the main elements. So I thought it was more interesting than my office, which looks like <laughs> a 
mess right now because we're getting it ready to be the guest bedroom. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll tell listeners a little bit about your book and why it makes sense that we are looking at a black and white sort of sketch (laughs) behind you of of an old and glamorous hotel ballroom. (laughs) Okay. Well, so it starts with an old woman, a stranger arriving in a sunny metropolis on the West Coast. And she hasn't been there in four decades and everything looks very different to her. And she goes, takes a taxi to the center of the city to meet a friend who is living in a hotel at the center of the city. And her friend is getting ready for this stranger to arrive. And the woman in the taxi is not sure the stra- the uh, woman in the hotel is going to let her up to see her and the and the woman getting ready isn't sure she wants to see this old friend but she is going to look as glamorous as possible for her arrival and the book follows from there and their conversation when they finally get together and what it was that drew them together and what tore them apart well i feel like even though it's based on a scene in you know a more contemporary world we're really thrown back again and again to difficult situations in the past, their parents' relationships, like the whole underpinning of who they are as people and how they got to be who they are, both the good and the bad. And I feel like Muddy and Poppy have had such a tough life. I mean, oh my gosh. You know, that's why when we first got on it, it leaves me with like a sort of sadness, like a melancholy type feeling because there are just so many obstacles that when I got to your afterward and it was like, oh, 9-11 9-11 and the pandemic and this, that, I was like, okay, so this is the headspace that she was writing in, like I'm kind of understanding. So maybe just back up, sorry for talking so much, back up with where the idea came from and, and how, how you ended up going backwards as well as forwards. Yeah. Well, when we moved to LA, my husband and I, in the early 2000s, I got thrown into two cultures. One was the museum world. I was working at the Museum of Contemporary Art and he started working in hotels, the Biltmore and the Bonaventure and one that was out in the Valley. And then we had a friend who worked at the Chateau Marmont. And I just fell in love with the hotel culture in LA. I feel Mm -hmm. like you might be, have some scenes in your new book that have LA hotels in them too. I I don't know. It's just a LA hotels have a special character to them. And so I knew, I I especially loved the Biltmore and that kind of knowledge of that world combined with a book that I read that came out in American translation in 2001 called Embers by a Hungarian author named Shandor Moroi, which was originally published in 1942 is a story about two old friends, males, an old general and his a soldier um, meeting at a castle in the Carpathians for the first time in 40 years. And they're also weighing out friendship. But when I read that book, I thought, this is such a great treatise on friendship, but it's about male friendship and that female friendship is different. And wouldn't it be great to use this structure, but set it in an American castle? And well, (laughs) there it is. So, and then the third piece was, as we all experienced, we lived like recluses in the, you know, particularly for me, the academic year that was 2020, 2021. 
And I, I thought, I know how to write this character now, this person who's basically a hermit who lives in the hotel and never goes out and is locked in her tower. Well, there were some scenes. Can I read this one passage? Is that okay? Which I found particularly poignant about what it's like sort of growing older and being sort of lonely at the same time. I know this is, this is Lacey talking. I know myself and I am old and I have few choices left. One of them is to fear death. All my life I have feared it, that healthy fear everyone has, that death would steal something from me, my remaining years, my golden days. But I no longer need golden days. Tomorrow will be the same as this day and the day before that, and I could live them or I could let them go. You see, it's quite extraordinary what happens to you when you live alone for a long time with only your thoughts for company. A double self grows, a mirror self, the one who lives and the one who watches her live. And the second self begins to understand that the first is terribly ordinary, has always been, even if she was once beautiful and happy. The second self says, don't be afraid of death or the truth. They have been waiting for you all along. Oh, thanks for reading that. Oh my gosh. That was definitely a lesson of the pandemic, that second self. I feel like a lot of us went through that. And that definitely came out of that experience, I think, for me. I mean, the idea that life is just every day on repeat, like a Groundhog Day type of existence, and it almost doesn't even matter if you live another day. I mean, I, I don't know. I feel like that's, it's like depression personified in a way, or yeah. or just, you know, reality. <laughs> like, you know, what is life? I, I don't know. It's just, maybe I'm just feeling <laughs> in a mood today. Well, and she's... she's- you know, she's trying to prove to her friend, too, that she doesn't, you know, that she's steelier than her and she doesn't care. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, and yeah. so there is that, too. There's a little bit of posing in it, I think. Okay. But, well, that's good. <laughs> and you also talk about experience, Poppy and Mariu, I mentioned earlier, if I'm pronouncing it even right, but how they were at Theresienstadt and Bergen-Belsen and all of the camps and how then you said... Muddy and Poppy came home inseparable for the rest of their lives, but they never left again. Yeah. Also so heavy <laughs> in yeah. a book that doesn't, it's not designed to feel heavy. You know, it's, it's like a reflection. Did you design it to feel heavy? Like, do, are you surprised how I, I'm feeling or am, am I misinterpreting? <laughs> do you know what I mean? I, I think there is a tragic layer to the book that I actually had to drop, pull back a little bit. I think as a writer, it was a, originally I had written a more tragic ending and then nobody liked it. Oh no. Um, so I think, but yeah, I think the, well, the people of Muti and Poppy's generation went through a whole lot, you know, and these, those two, they were from Prague, a Prague that no longer, you know, the, the World War II just decimated, you know, that crossroads of Jewish and German and Czech culture and the sophistication and the incredible art that came out of that period. And it got destroyed for, for Muti first because she was Jewish, but the Germans were expelled by the Czechs very forcibly after the war too. And, you know, they were enemies. Like, I don't, not you know, going to say that, but as a people, they didn't deserve retribution in ways that, or at least I can understand the feelings behind that 
longing for retribution, but those were people who were very devoted to their city and to the culture that they had lived in. And then suddenly they were, you know, you don't belong here either, you're gone. And so I, I thought that was interesting that the Germans got sent to the same place that the Jews had gotten sent to, that which was Terezin or Theresienstadt. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then the Russians rolled in. So <laughs> this text didn't have it easy either. So. Oh my gosh, just couldn't win there. <laughs> no, basically Eastern Europe. <laughs> it's a hard place, but. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Do you have a connection to Prague yourself or this time, or are you just interested from a historical perspective? I was so lucky. I got to do my study in Prague about two years after the wall came down. It was three, I guess. And it was so amazing because it was a city kind of communism had really preserved its outline since World War II. And there was such an incredible flowering of Czech culture, you know, under communism. And I've absolutely fell in love with the city and thought, you know, one day I got to put something here. So those passages were easy to write the Prague scenes because I just had them in my memory from from wandering around Prague. But I I just also loved what a crossroads culture it was. Mm -hmm. And I don't think often it's recognized what an incredible melting pot Prague was for early 20th century literature and art and everything. I actually, I went to Prague once, but it was probably in 2002. But I've always been so fascinated by the culture there as well. Like, sort of mysterious. Yeah. And they, they've produced so, so much great work. It's phenomenal. Small so, okay, sorry for cutting you off, but I feel like I don't have a good sense of you as a person. It's like, where did you grow up? Like, who, who who are you? How did you become a writer? Yeah. where I know where you live now, sure. but give me like the background of, um, and I know you became a Reese's Book Club pick, which is amazing. What's the backstory here? 
Well, I'm back in my home state. I grew up in Vermont. I should also say I'm the daughter of a German. My father emigrated in the 60s, and my mother's family has been in the U.S. for a really long time. But And so I did also spend quite a bit of time going over to Europe as a kid, so that also, I think, seeded mm -hmm. some of the things that I've written about. But uh, yeah, so I grew up in Vermont. I bounced around a lot of different places, went to grad school in North Carolina, UNC Greensboro for my MFA, then moved out to LA and worked in the museum, art museum. And then I got a Stegner fellowship to Stanford and spent a long time at Stanford, I think 11 years, both as a fellow and then as a, a lecturer there. And then I got a tenure track job at UVM at University of Vermont and wanted to come back east because all of our family was on the East Coast. So we came back here and have been, Vermont was a great place to spend the pandemic. You know, it was, it, it was an easier place, I think, to get outside and low population density. So I've been feeling lucky, although I do miss California too. And I've loved Santa Monica. I know you have a bookstore there. My brother lived there for a long time. So spent a lot of time there. Oh, yes. I love it out there. Wish I were yeah. there today. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> <Nobody> <laughs> <gets>. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. And what was the experience like of becoming a Reese's Book Club pick? I got hives. Did you? <laughs> well, okay. So I don't know how if they still work the system this way, but they told us about a month and a half in advance. And at that time, it was a kind of a rollout thing where they would do like a a video where you'd give clues to the, mm -hmm. whoever was the person before you would give clues to your book and people would, you know, on Instagram, uh, if they guessed it right, they were entered into a drawing. And so there was very strict warnings that you could not let this information out of the bag in any way, or the, you know, the honor could be rescinded. So, you know, we, my editor threw his back out and I got hives, I think, trying to like keep a lid on it. And then I think some London tabloid like saw pictures of her holding the book and they were like, is this the next Reese Witherspoon book club pick and stuff? But anyway, it was such a, I mean, what a terrific experience um, being connected with those folks. They do such great things for women authors, women readers, readers in general, and I felt so fortunate to be kind of inducted into that family because it really is, it's been such an honor and kind of revelation to see how much they've been able to do as a, as a book club. That's amazing. So. Wow. What a story. <laughs> yeah. Do you have an old girlfriend from camp or someone you met? Oh, you know, I was thinking about that question and what, how to respond to that if people ask. Uh, most of the time when I write fiction, my characters are composite characters, with the exception of a few usually secondary characters that I might be drawing from life. So Lacey and Edith, I mean, honestly, those two characters, I don't like, it always seems corny when writers start talking about their characters like they're their own people, but in as much as any characters I've ever written are their own people. These two are. I mean, I would send them on book tour instead of me and have <laughs> art remarks about people and to, you know, or whatever, because they just, once I started writing them, they just kept talking and I was as a writer. And that's never happened to me before, but they are not, 
I think they're more like anime in a way or than they are actual, you know, modeled on actual people. It's like deep from my subconscious. I always wonder if those are actually real people somewhere or like yeah 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 to be people or I don't know I hear this so often you know people are like this sounds crazy but my characters talk to me which I totally get so yeah yeah and you wrote it in six weeks right the first draft that's crazy yeah it was unbelievable experience I don't know when I look back I I don't really know how it happened but (laughs) I just would be you know I have two kids and it was lockdown so we would be it was post I started right after school ended, like literally the day or two after my UVM semester ended. But, you know, I'd go from parental stuff and then like go upstairs and just keep writing. And then <laughs> I was really living in the world of the novel the whole time I was writing it. Wow. I don't really know what I cooked or <laughs> anything else. But Wow. And you, you don't pronounce it. What was the old fashioned way? It wasn't Lacey. There was some other. You would, oh, Lucia. Oh, Lucia. Yeah. Okay. Lucia Weber. Yeah. That would be the. Like, I was like trying to say it out loud the way you wrote it. I was like, how am I saying this? <laughs> I don't think yeah, I know. Maybe my phonetics aren't so good. No, no, know. it's fine. I just, I didn't know that was a name the way that it's pronounced. Well, are you writing anything else or have any other characters taken up residence in your brain lately? I have in a different way, but I got really into researching into the life of one of the Grimm's fairy tale worlds. Yeah, you mentioned that whole thing. Yes. So her, the one I mentioned in the in the afterward, Dorothea Veeman, she is now occupying a presence as the the heart of a novel that I'm writing. I learned more about her. She was the daughter of an innkeeper and the wife to a tailor you know, had seven kids. She doesn't tell the Grimm's the stories till the end of her life. But in the record, she disappears and her husband disappears for nine years. Like there's birth, birth, then gap, and then more births. And so I was like, okay, there it is. I can write into this. Like what happens in those nine years and what it's, it's a love story. I think a story of a long marriage. And it's also a story, it's all this, the tales that she tells are kind of wound through it in like, more like as if things from life inspired them. So Awesome. Well, what advice would you have for aspiring authors? Oh, I read one, a really good one once, which is like, the first seven years are the worst. (laughs) It's kind of cynical. I would say the thing that I tell most aspiring writers is make allies, make friends, find people around you who also really care about writing. And if you find them, hold on to them. Because the farther you go at any time in your writing career, but, but it never ends that you need those people. It never ends that you need advocates or that you need readers or that you need just somebody who understands. And so sometimes people can get sort of pitted against each other when they're younger, thinking like if, you know, it's a competition of who's going to make it kind of thing. And, And honestly, the writers I know who are happiest are ones who have really nourished their networks and, and have, people that they regard very highly and regard them highly and, and, and work together to achieve a common goal, which is really to just keep literature in the world, you know, like you, I mean, you're doing a lot, obviously. And it's, it's people like me are really grateful for that 
ambassadorship you do between writers and readers. I like that. Ambassadorship. Maybe I'll steal that. (laughs) Thank you for that. (laughs) That's great advice. Nourish your network. I like it. Sounds like a whole article. You should write it if you haven't read (laughs) it. Maybe. Anyway, Maria, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for Golden Seal and for the, the time spent with these two lovely ladies. So I appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, and and have a great afternoon. And I love that I've been watching the very keeping positions of your dog. Lovely. Sorry about that. Anyway, (laughs) thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project... There's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com